All right, we're recording. All right, Sebastian Corvo, is that correct? That's yeah. It's a well. My name on the ballot is Corino. Corino, uh, right? Yeah, but my real last name is uh, Corivo. Corivo. Very yeah. good. Very good. I have to work on my bilingualism, I guess, if I'm ever going to be prime minister. Uh, you're yeah. you're very very good at English. I'm very bad at French. So thank uh, you. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on. You know, we met. I think about two weeks ago. Now we did an excluded parties debate. Uh, I don't yeah. know about you, Sebastian, but that wasn't exactly what I was expecting. Was that what you were expecting when well, you showed up? Well, yeah. I mean. It was good that someone organized an excluded leaders debate because there's 15 political parties that were that their leader was excluded from the debate, which right. means that there's 21 political parties uh, registered in Election Canada. But obviously, we were only three people, and uh, the guy who organized it is um, is also the leader of a party. So I think this is a problem. But anyhow, uh, and the technical uh, was not very good. So I think the image, neither the sound was very good. Uh, so, but that was like a first experience. I think we can yeah. do that again uh, next election and hopefully in maybe in a more central place because Halifax was very far away. So some leaders didn't came only because it was far away. Yeah, so, well, I mean, I you know, I flew across the country to go to this thing. For some yeah. reason, I was looking at the email chain and, and I had this... I had some had this idea that Noam Chomsky was going to be moderating. I, I read, I went back and I read the emails wrong. Apparently, there was someone else trying to organize a, uh, an excluded leaders debate. Yes, with Noam Chomsky moderating, and I thought, well, I have to be in that. But uh, you know, maybe you're right. I think for the next election, the the beautiful thing for small parties now is that we don't necessarily need uh, mainstream media. We can we have social media, we have the internet, we can do our own broadcasts like we're doing right now. Exactly. And, uh, we can have a much uh, more entertaining and enjoyable debate than the, the debacle I think we saw on mainstream media, which was uh, pretty, I don't know, pretty pathetic and, and uh, uh, predictable <laughs> and boring, you know? Yeah. We yeah. have to say it's easier than in the 60s or the 70s where the, the small parties could be totally ignored or uh, not even nobody would know about them, you know, because yeah. of the Internet, like you said. And uh, yes, this election was kind of a little bit of boring. I, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely become more about tribalism and less about ideas, it seems, in politics. But I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the Rhinoceros Party. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you have been the leader since 2014, is that right? Yeah, December of 2014. So you've been the leader just uh, just a little... About five years. About five less. years. So about as long yeah. as I've been the leader of the Libertarian Party of Canada. And um, yeah. what, tell me a little bit about the Rhinoceros Party. What what got you... What, what does it stand for? What attracted you to it? How did you end up as leader? Yeah, so the Rhino Party exists since uh, 1963, which means it's 55 years old. But we took a break of 13 years between 93 and 2006. And when the parties restarted in 2006, I was a candidate in, um, in Sherbrooke, Sherbrooke, a small city in Quebec, in 2008. And at some point, the leader uh, of the party at that time, uh, François Gaud, which was holding the party together in the 80s also, well, he just decided he wanted to give the party away to another younger branch of the party. So I took the leadership in 2014 after a race, 
uh, kind of weird race. But anyway, I, I won the race because I was the only one to run. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I just walked, yeah, actually. I didn't run. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, um, I always believe that uh, Canada or anywhere like people in the world in general could uh, deserve to have a more equal, like equal um, place in this world. And I'm not talking about communist equal where everybody has the same thing, but I mean to have like the chance to go to university or to be able to go to grocery store and buy cheese, you know, this right. is um, something. So I guess I could have been in any other party, uh, most of them. I, I could have been in the Bloc Québécois or the NDP or whatever. I mean, and but very young, I understood that these political parties were kind of a pyramid with a hierarchy and that you have to climb the stairs of that thing. And so... Um, and I thought, I think it's wrong, you know? Right. So the, the MP should be only accountable for its own constituents and should not be uh, a representative of the party inside the riding, which is the case right now. Right. So maybe that's one of the reasons why I choose Rhino and, and go with some jokes, but intelligent jokes uh, and funny jokes, funny premises, I should say. To, mm -hmm. to make the people um, stay aware of Canadian politics. And yeah. it's a very interesting vehicle for, uh, for doing that. Well, yeah, and one of, one of the things I've noticed, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I have the wrong perception of the Rhino Party, but it reminds me of, you know, like The Onion or the Beaverton or, you know, one of these satirical uh, media outlets that uh, pokes fun at what's going on, but also kind of makes a point in doing so. Right. And and yeah, it, 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 from my perspective, the beautiful thing about what you guys do is you kind of reveal the um, the hypocrisy and the and the lunacy of uh, of politics. You, you take the veneer off of it and kind of show um, that it's just ridiculous. We're all humans. We're all flesh and blood. These pol politicians and political parties, it's they're like Soylent Green. They're they're just humans. Uh, you know, they, they aren't, um, we put them on pedestals and you're right. Uh, politics has become all about a cult of personality. You're voting for the yes. leader of a party more than you're voting for your member of parliament or who's going to represent you the best. And we ele elevate these leaders up on, on these pedestals and we revere them and then we fight for them. Uh, you know, I've never really had anyone fight for me. I don't know about you. I've never had, uh, <laughs> I've never been put on a pedestal. I, I, I think I can continually knock the pedestal out from under my own feet. Maybe I should uh, stand on it for a while, but, um, so, no, so I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there's a lot to say in that subject, I don't know if that's where you want to go, but well, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Please uh, feel free to carry on riff on just, what I just an example. I, I see often a, a young MP that's full of great ideas. And I even know an MP in uh, Quebec city and he was elected in 2015 for the liberals. He's exactly my age because we went to the same high school. And so this young MP was like very happy, just got elected, 29 years old, 2015, liberal MP. And he really thought that Justin was about to do the, to, to change the voting system from first, to remove the first past the poll voting system. Mm -hmm. And he was very about it. So he organized consultation in striding. 
he um, he talked about it to the people. And when Justin threw it in, away in 2016, well, I don't know how we felt at that moment because I did not met him there. But I know that after that, he totally changed his, his mind, you know? Uh, right. He says, oh, we could not do it. And he's just repeating the, the party yeah. line. And I'm very sad about that because I'm pretty sure, which I have no proof, but I'm pretty sure that this young MP, he, he was probably deceived and sad that it never happened. Yes. And he decided that he probably had two choices. Either he shut his mouth and continue in the party because this guy can go really far. He's a very brilliant guy and young. Or he could have just throw away the liberal party and decided to go as independent or to change party, right. which it did not do. So I think this is a problem. It's mm. not normal that this young person with good belief had to shut his mouth in order to what? To climb the hierarchy of the liberal party. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And, and this is something that I've been uh, talking about a lot is, you know, there, there are kind of two approaches I think you can have uh, to political action and politics. And one is to chase votes, right? And, and mm -hmm. get that seat. And, and so in order to get the seat, in order to chase votes, what you have to do is reflect culture, right? You, you can't stand on your own principles. You have to figure out what the kind of the center of the Overton window is, what culture is saying, and you have to reflect that. And and this is why we see politicians continually shift. You know, um, mm -hmm. Ma Maxime Bernier was a separatist in the 90s, and then he was in charge of supply management in the 2000s, and he, he was <laughs> a, an establishment conservative that voted for corporate bailouts and, you know, voted to ramp up the drug war and prohibit gays from marrying and bomb Libya and all these anti-libertarian things. Uh, but then in the conservative leadership race, he positioned himself as a libertarian, again, because that served him well. So all these different positions served him well. And and listen, I'm not trying to throw shade at Maxime Bernie. He's just like every other politician, right? And all these politicians, yeah. if you want that seat, what you have to do is reflect culture. You have to um, fall in line with culture and and with uh, kind of the institutional inertia, right? And And I think also a part of it is... Um, I, I, you know, our parliamentary system, you, it engenders uh, loyalty to your leader as well, right? Like you and I have to sign off on our candidates. And, you know, if we don't like a candidate, um, if they're in our bad books, it's pretty hard <laughs> to write a, write a to endorse them and sign off yeah. on them, right? And so that engenders loyalty to the leader. I, I don't like that aspect of, of how we're arranged. But you, you don't see, you know, one of my favorite politicians in the United States was a guy named Ron Paul, who, okay. uh, who was very libertarian. And he was, he ran as, uh, uh, ran for president on the Republican ticket. And he okay. said things that are very, not very Republican. He said, we're going to bring all our troops home. We're going to shut down all our military bases overseas. Mm -hmm. We're going to abolish the IRS. Uh, we are going to end the drug war. We're going to legalize everything. You know, he just went down the list of all, all these things. And um, he, he's, he was able to do that in the U.S. because he didn't have any loyalty to any kind of leader. There was no leader. There's no Republican leader that he has to be loyal to. He, he didn't risk losing his party membership. He didn't risk getting thrown out of, out of caucus or anything like that. He was able to be, stay uh, a Republican congressman. Um, he was free. His, no ties with he the, was, uh, he was free. And, and, but the you know, 
Yeah, even even there, it's it's you know they tried to discipline him and tried to take him out. Um, yeah. But so so I it's very difficult to do. It's very difficult to um, to to stand on your own merits and stand on principle uh, when you the risk is losing a, a seat and not getting those votes and not getting the support you need. Uh, so I can see how that happens. Um, but uh, what are your thoughts on? Well, I mean, e even for the voters, it's not easy because right now with the first past the poll voting system in Canada, the real thing is that you elect the MP. That was a, a system that was very good 250 years ago in England because it was that's when it was invented, the, the, the parliament, the English parliament. So you have the, the people that lived in rural and rural um, UK they had to elect the MP, and the MP was going to represent them in London in the parliament. That was very good. All these people gathered together and talked about where they come from and what is good for them. But today, the political party, as you said, is very important. Yeah. The leader of the political party is very, very important. And, um, and what happened is that you only vote for one thing. So you choose, do I vote for the MP or I vote for the party or a vote for the leader, which could be three different votes or at least two, you know, like we vote for the president uh, and we vote for the MP. So what happened is that really good MPs are either not elected because they were in the wrong party, let's say, and other really bad people get selected because they were in the good party and they got elected and they're like really bad MPs, you know, not working really well. Right. Yeah. You know, Brent Rathgaber is a former Conservative Party uh, member of Parliament who was uh, who left. Uh, he was under the Harper administration. He tried to okay. pass a, a transparency legislation that would allow journalists to uh, pull uh, salary information about parliamentary oh. staffers <laughs> and his own party uh, fought him on it internally. And, and diluted his bill down to the point where he just got disgusted and said he had he had had enough. And he wrote. Oh, I great, can see that. that yeah, Harper he, didn't like that. He didn't. Yeah. No, and he, and and Rathgaber went independent, and then of course he lost his seat because you can't yeah. win very easily as an independent. Um, but you know he stood on his convictions and and he got kicked out. But he wrote a great book about trying to explain how and why this happens. That I recommend. Uh, folks listening check out i can't remember the name of it but his name is brent rathgaber he Good. points to, to legislation he points to you know the problem is that the the prime minister's office has become more and more powerful it, it, mm -hmm. it shouldn't be that way right prime minister should just be an equal among his peers um in parliament and yes but because and of things like this elections canada rule that says that that I have to sign off on candidates, therefore my candidates have to be loyal to me, and a number of other things have entrenched this kind of uh, corrupting power in the prime minister's office, and so now all our energy is focused on that prime minister's office. Like the the vote is all about yeah. getting Trudeau out or preventing Cheer from getting in power, or you know it's totally focused on that leader in that office because the stakes are so high now because they they wield so much power. And what you say is very interesting because um, what I think that Canada should be, uh, Canada is like um, different states or different provinces and that we should give more freedom to the bottom, like give more freedom to the cities, to the municipalities, to the villages. Yes. 
and then give more to the province and and the less at the top because right. what happened uh, and this is why I see I live in a very rural place here it's a 800 people uh, village I have a little farm uh, right here and the what I can see is that more you go small a smaller community the mm -hmm. more you have power and you can act on real issues like concrete things. And the more you go up, you go to uh, to bigger city, you go to the, the, the county, you go to the, the provincial level in Quebec City or, you know, uh, Toronto, or you go to Ottawa with the federal government, the harder it's, it, it is to do something. And if you do like centralization of the powers, um, you have like one solution for everybody. But it just doesn't right. fit for everybody. I mean, there's a different reality for a hospital that's in Calgary, where there's maybe, I don't know, four, five, six hospitals, and another hospital that's in a um, so isolated place that you have to go there right plane. Right. And they have one uh, doctor. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know? I, no, I completely agree with you. You know, that this is actually how I got into politics to begin with. I, as my career is, I'm a firefighter paramedic. And okay. uh, back wow. in 2009, uh, the, the province, the, the conservative government in our province was uh, provincializing the ambulance service, right? And so mm -hmm. I recognized this and I said, well, this is going to remove control from our community. We, yeah. we live in in this community we want the best for this community for the citizens and what we're going to end up with is some bureaucrat uh, 600 kilometers away uh, determining one solution for the whole province and imposing it on our community that isn't going to work as well for our community so i i stood up and that's so i completely agree with you there you yeah. know there's uh, there was an author in the States, Nassim Taleb, who wrote uh, Anti-Fragile, Things That Gain From Disorder. He, he was asked what his political leanings are. And he said, I'm a libertarian at the federal level, a Republican at the state level, a Democrat at the municipal level, and a socialist <laughs> at the family level. And I thought that was an interesting <laughs> quote. <laughs> This is yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, the point is that the closer you get to your community, the more um, impact you can have. Like, like you say, you know, no one cares yeah. more about the community you live in than you do and your neighbors do. And you shouldn't ask the federal government to uh, try to support your community. You're asking for, um, for you know, corruption. You're asking for a poor solution. You're asking to have money removed from your community to go to Ottawa only to come back to your community in the form of some weak program that isn't going to even serve your community's needs. And that money, from my perspective, would be better off staying in that community where it can be used in the community uh, by the local government to, to figure those issues out because they're complex problems. And one solution, one size isn't going to fit all for sure. But exactly. uh, I, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and talk because no. I, I thought your uh, you, you're, you were, well, you were hilarious at the debate that we had. I, I, I loved your, your platform. In fact, your, your climate change platform could have almost been the libertarian platform. I know you were, you were being, uh, kind of sarcastic and satirical with it, but I, you know, it was kind of music to my ears in a, in a lot of ways, but talk a little bit about, about your platform, about some of the, the messages you put out there, um, when you're, when you're campaigning. Yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes we can say we're a little bit crazy, but uh, I went to, to Montreal and I announced that we will bribe the Weather Network's presenters. So we will have only sun on Sundays and less snow in the winter. 
And um, what I say sometimes is that it's, it's like a, I've been to personal growth uh, classes, you know, and um, they tell you that it's always about the attitude and not the facts. It's the how you receive the things that is important. So I was like, well, if the weather network, weather network presenters tell you it's going to be sunny, maybe you will have a better day than if they tell you it's going to rain, you know? So why not? <laughs> there you go. I love it. Love it. <laughs> and, and I saw your, your, your uh, economic platform. You were going to create 33 million new jobs. I think every Canadian's going to have two jobs. Two uh, jobs for every Canadian. We're going to create jobs. Love it, love yes. it. Now, one thing that confused me was your at the debate, your climate action uh, plan was to drill, baby, drill, and you know we want to warm up this planet and we want to have beachfront property on all three oceans in Canada. Um, exactly. But, but on your website, you have another one that which is that you want to move the brake pedal on all vehicles to the passenger seat to encourage carpooling. Because Car obviously, if you don't have a passenger, you won't be able to stop your vehicle. So exactly. So one of them is is uh, is tackling car, uh, carbon emissions. The other one's kind of promoting it. But I, I love the uh, the the satire there. Well, t tell me some of your other platforms. Didn't you used to have one where you were going to swap the Great Lakes and the Rocky Mountains so that Ontarians and Albertans can enjoy the different get equal share of the natural wonders? Uh, yeah, it looks like that. That was uh, from the 80s. Oh, that so was we obviously okay. did not get elected. But um, when there was the economic crisis of 1980, we thought to have a, a big chain of workers from the Rockies to the Great Lakes, and that they could move the Rockies inside the Great Lakes to make oh. Canada a more equal country. Oh, I got you. It was to level yeah. out, right. And for Albertans, it was that you could have the beautiful sunset on the Pacific also. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I, when I bring up to people that I, I met you in the Rhinoceros Party, that, that was one of the platforms that they remember, I guess. It stood out for them from, I guess it's from the 80s, like you said. Yeah. Okay. So things. Yeah. So tell, tell me about, well, how, how many candidates are you running this time, Sebastian? We're running 40 candidates in uh, oh, wow. six provinces. Wow. That's Which awesome. I'm, yeah, I'm happy about it. I, I was expecting a little bit more, but we had the trouble to organize ourselves. It's very hard to give some support to all the candidates that were um, going out for signatures because we have we had more than 80 people that went out to, to gather their signatures to be on the ballot, but right. several of them failed to complete the yeah. process. But that's okay. I mean, we were just um, starting with a kind of new organization, and it's not easy to organize ourselves as a small party. I, I don't know about you, but yeah. we have no money. Uh, we don't have a lot of uh, volunteer work, so we're just mm -hmm. a small group of people, and we, ha we all have like... Uh, uh, work, uh, family, kids, or yeah. whatever. So we're all very busy people, you know. So, yeah, it it is difficult. You know, we're only running, I think, twenty four candidates this election. Last mm -hmm. election, we ran, I think, seventy four, seventy five. Yeah, yeah. And we we actually had close to two hundred candidates ex or people express interest. And in, you know, mm -hmm. again, it, it was organization, right? It was really the back end of the party. And because we're all volunteers, uh, you know, and, and people are very passionate, right? And we lost a key organizer, vice president, and he took 
a lot of the data with them and we didn't oh, ha- yeah. have access to get a hold of a lot of those <laughs> people. So we ended up, you know, it was still a good show and it was our best showing ever. And of course this year, you know, uh, the, the people's party, Maxine Bernier took a big hit, uh, out of us and, um, you know, it, it's difficult to compete with that level of organization where you have millions yeah. of dollars coming in and fundraising and you have professional staff and, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, it, it, it's difficult to get volunteers to uh, organize and to get work done that needs to get get done. So it, oh, it yeah. is difficult. Uh, so I definitely feel your your pain uh, there. Um, what speaking of uh, some some of uh what's going on in the news right now you have uh, i saw on twitter uh yesterday that uh you were coming out uh uh there looked like there were some accusations being thrown at you from maxime bernier you were i can tell you well maxime bernier in the press conference he uh, asked the question does the warren consultant were behind the idea of having another maxime bernier in my own writing And he asked the question, who's behind that thing? And it's very simple. I'm the only brain behind that story. I'm sorry, Maxim, I I did it. And actually, it's not a very uh, new idea. Um, The liberals did it in the 60s against René Lévesque, who later became a premier of Quebec. Uh, The Rhino Party did it in 1988 against a liberal party leader which mm. was John Turner. So we did that in Vancouver Quadra in 1988. Oh, wow. And I was looking for, for years, I've been looking at some interesting names. Uh, so right. I've had some calls with some people. Uh, I will not say the name, but I mean, very popular name and people that didn't want to, to run. And Maxime right. Bernier is a very common name. Sure. So it was very easy to write to several Maxime Bernier. I wrote to more than <laughs> 70 Maxime Bernier on Facebook. And uh, at least three amazing. or four of them answer, answered me, you know? Right. So, well, I mean, uh, it was uh, not... Uh, yeah. I have to say that is... That is uh, a great work ethic great great uh, thank you <laughs> yeah i mean that's amazing i you know i've been saying for the last few years that i want to find justin trudeau to run against trudeau on the libertarian mm-hmm. party ticket for the same reason because you know one of the problems we face is that anytime you go to the door and say here i'm with the libertarian party the, the people say oh we're not liberal sorry uh so we have a different oh we have a problem oh, differentiating funny. ourselves from the liberals right we're, we're very not like the liberal party <laughs> So I thought, well, one way to highlight how we're different is to run a Justin Trudeau uh, against Justin Trudeau uh, in his riding. And our names are similar, but obviously there's a big difference. And so any yes. media controversy that comes out of that will only help us distinguish our brands and point out that, no, we're not liberals. We're very different than than uh, the liberals. Um, you know, This is so- very funny. So I think it's a great stunt, and I I thought it was a great way to get attention. Exactly. And one other thing I want to say is that uh, I've been accused by a lot of people, and even by Maxime Bernier, that we were sowing confusion. And I'm very sorry, but from the beginning, I was never, and I I don't want to confuse voters, and I'm very serious about it. I mean, there's no way I want to do that. And it's written the name of the party on the ballot. and the only thing why I did that is because I needed uh, what they call a mediatic home run. 
Uh, and I did it. I did the news coast to coast beginning yes. of September. And I was very proud of it. And I needed that. So, Absolutely. I mean. Absolutely. I would have done the same thing. Uh, you know, I, I, again, I was looking for that Justin Trudeau. I never thought yeah. of uh, doing a Maxime Bernier. That, that would have been, been too. good. But, but, you know, I did. We, in fact, we did the same thing when, when uh, Bernier lost uh, leadership of the Conservative Party mm -hmm. of Canada. We took his platform verbatim and made it our platform and said you know mm -hmm. what if you don't join our party we're going to club you over the head with your own platform and we're going to watch you uh try to defend the, the status quo conservative platform while we're using your very own platform against you so yeah uh, so put the pressure on them and i think uh, you know i i like to think to take credit and then i, I actually offered bernier leadership of the libertarian party of canada i, said, I, I remember that down. and then he just stole some of your key organizers i think Yeah, well, I, I mean, my intention there again—it's—it's it's a stunt, right? If if he doesn't, if he accepts, great. Mm -hmm. I can step back and I can relax. You know, I cashed in my retirement and qu killed my career to do this. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I need to get back to work. I gotta, you know, I'm not one of these career politicians who's chasing votes. I, you know, so I thought if I could hand the baton over to Bernier, that would be great. Um, yeah, and and so I think that over the the that year. I know that he was getting more and more disenfranchised and he recognized that there was people out there that would support him if he left uh, the conservative party. I was hoping he'd join us. That didn't work mm -hmm. out. Um, and you know, yeah, like we had talked about uh, before, you know, there was a merge and uh, he kind of got what he wanted from us and, and left me dangling. Um, you know, it was kind of a, a shitty thing for him to do. Um, you know, for where I come from in the, in the fire service honor integrity are, are very important and yes. if you renege on your word if you break your promise to someone the very least you do is apologize or offer an explanation and explain why you, you couldn't follow through on your commitment i i just got ghosted i didn't get either of those so his name mm. is kind of mud in my book on a personal level i don't like to throw him very much shade because i know that most of his supporters are great people they are people that are doing the same thing you and i are doing I know there are PPC members who have um, sold their businesses and quit their jobs to run, and they know that they're only wow. going to, they must know they're only going to get two or 3% of the vote, uh, mm -hmm. and they're not going to get a seat, yet they are making all these sacrifices because they believe in something and they're trying to stand up for something. And so I have incredible respect for anyone that's doing that. This is why I respect you. You're doing the same thing. And, you know, I, I want more and more Canadians to do this. And everywhere I go, Sebastian, my message to people is don't put your trust in me as a leader. Don't put your trust in a leader. You know, mm -hmm. th this isn't about a vote. This, you know, don't think that casting a vote once every four years that you've done anything uh, for our democracy, for our, uh, our freedom. You know, what you have to do is what, what, all of us small party people are doing all of us who have convictions and believe in something and are fighting for something you have to take some personal responsibility and stand up and even though your knees are knocking and your voice is shaking and it's uncomfortable do something put your talents to use and and make some sacrifices and and so uh this is what what i appreciate appreciate about you uh and, and all these people so um You know, that's why I don't like to throw a lot of shade at Bernie because, you know, people that are putting their trust in him, they feel like they're being personally slighted. I know I, I feel personally slighted when when someone leaves our party and goes to support the PPC. And I shouldn't feel that way because these are just people that are that are trying to do. Um, yeah, you want to do. We should have an integrity ethic code for politicians. <laughs> 
Well, that we have to begin and sign it before we're a candidate or just not, you don't have to, but you have a certification that comes with it, you know? <laughs> so you're certified. I signed the, the contract. I will be a ethic, ethic politician. <laughs> well, we could do that. Yeah. We think very I, similar in the, um, in, in the bottom of all that thing. Yeah, yeah I, th I think so. Yeah. I integrity is important. And, um, you know, but at the end of the day, uh, politics uh, to most people, conventional politics is about getting elected and winning those seats, right? And and I think you mm -hmm. and I understand that. You know, what? Well, from my perspective, what it's all about. Government is downstream from culture, and so what the Canadian people believe, what they buy into, is what we're going to get in terms of government. And if they're not willing to to stand up like you and I are doing, well, the government we get is kind of the one we deserve in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. Um, so, uh, you know, so that's kind of been my message, but, uh, Sebastian, I appreciate your, your time here. Is there anything else that is on your mind that you want to talk about? Any other pressing uh, issues? I don't know. Canadians um, are, Canadians are going to the polls, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow. is their last time. What well, do you expect I mean, to see coming, coming out? Uh, what are your predictions? Uh, like I say to everybody, I, I mean, um, if you, already know who you're gonna vote for i mean just go for it and that's perfect if you have your things but if you don't vote if you think all the politicians are corrupt if you if you don't even care about politics and you don't follow that well i say please take the time and go out to vote and please vote rhino or choose any other small parties that's on the ballot there uh, because we obviously don't have candidates everywhere in canada and there's a lot of little and interesting parties yeah. and if we send a lot of votes to any of these parties it's a good signal it says well yes. we don't believe you know uh, in in these big politics and um the two big uh, parties they try to make you feel like there's only two political parties and then you have like three four more behind that and they're like well we're only six political parties you have to choose in these six you know but the, re the reality is there's 21 political parties. There's a lot of independent candidates. And think about it. Independent candidate is not uh, stuck with the line of any party. I mean, right. that could be good MPs, but we don't have a culture of electing independent MPs. But maybe that would be really interesting for our right. democracy. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, you know, people often say, well, if you vote for one of these small parties, you're wasting your vote. And I think that's exactly backwards thinking. I think that yeah. obviously if you vote for any of the mainstream parties, you're wasting your vote. You're not going to get any <laughs> kind of change at all. Like, you're going to get the same kind of government you want. Uh, but uh, your vote can actually really help a small party. You know, if we're only getting 500, 600 thousand people voting for us you know your vote yeah. makes a big difference the the higher we get those numbers the more uh the more views we get the more credibility we get and the louder our message gets and so yes. your your one vote counts a lot more for our little party than it does for any of those big parties uh, mm -hmm. and like you said it sends a signal into the political market about people are tired of the establishment they're tired of the status quo they want to see a change they want to see some integrity and and so i think it's a great Great thing to do uh, if you can to vote, uh, vote for your values, vote for your principles. That is never a wasted vote, but voting against your worst evil and sacrificing your principles to do it, uh, that to me is more than a wasted vote. It's a, it's a vote against your own interests. Um, yes. So, so I completely agree. 
great. Well, Sebastian, thank you so much for taking the Thanks. time out on family. Day I would shake your hand, man. <laughs> yeah. But we did yeah, in Halifax, but you um, bet. I'm very happy you invited me on your YouTube channel. It was awesome. a great talk. Awesome, guys. Check out uh, Sebastian and the Rhino Party. Um, if you don't see a libertarian candidate or any other candidate that, that you like, and you're, consider giving the Rhinos some support. You know, they're doing some great work at poking fun at the establishment that, uh, that we are trying to <laughs> dismantle to some degree. They're coming at it from a slightly different angle using humor and satire. And I think that's a fantastic way uh, of approaching it. Uh, you know, we're getting our ideas out there. They're attacking it from a different angle. And so I think it's all good. So Sebastian, Sebastian, good luck to you in this election. And uh, listen, if if we get all our candidates elected, uh, let's form a coalition government and uh, wow. we, can take, we can take turns <laughs> being prime minister or something like that. That would be nice. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Have a good day, Sebastian. Thanks, Tim. All right. Have a good Bye. one.